Hello. Want to have a little fun? Who's this? Tell me your name and I'll tell you mine. I don't think so. What's that noise? Oops. <laughs> I farted. I, I didn't think you would hear me. Let's get retarded in here. Everybody, yeah. everybody, yeah. get into it. Yeah. Get stupid. Get retarded. Rotten Rewind, a podcast that looks back on some of the most critically derided films on the review aggregate site RottenTomatoes.com. If a film fails to score above the 60% threshold, it's fair game for us to talk about here on the show. I'm Courtney Pronto. And I'm Max Rue, and we're still steeped in 2000s <laughs> nostalgia here at the podcast as we kick off our seven-week retrospective on comedy Ooh. in the aughts, an era that began with an overflow of posts something about Mary Gross out comedy before transitioning into frat bro antics in the wake of movies like Old School and Wedding Crashers before the reign of Apatow exploded in the latter half of the decade with movies like Knocked Up and Superbad. But today we'll be kicking things off with a subgenre that fortunately has died off and showed no signs of being resurrection. I, I think that, don't speak too soon, the spoof movie. We're yeah. starting back in 2000 with one that kickstarted a whole new decade of increasingly lazy spoofs. The Winans Brothers take on the 90s teen slasher genre, scary movie featuring Sean and Marlon Wayans, as well as a debut performance from a podcast queen of ours, Anna Ferris, who actually ate at the restaurant that I work at like a couple weeks ago, but I wasn't there. Oh man, that's Sad face, I know, I know, I was really sad. After that, we'll jump into the middle of the decade for the Wins Brothers skewering of the tabloid Harris culture with white chicks. And here to join us is returning guest, very talented actress, and yes, former co-worker. You check all the boxes, Mariko and Koji Bush. Thank you for coming back. Thanks for having me. So nice and, to have you. And, with and your, for this one. You wanted to talk about white chicks, right? That was the one that you were more kind of set on. I actually had never seen white chicks. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, me so neither. Wa- this was my first either. time. Wow. Look wow, at us. Crazy. I think we were, yeah. I feel like we were all a little, like slightly old. too old to mm. like be excited about white chicks when it came out. Like I remember thinking it looked pretty awful. We were probably all, I mean, speaking for, for just myself, it's like, I think that whatever year white chicks came out was probably the year that I was most like up my own butthole and thinking I'm smart. Yeah. Feel that. I think that it represented uh, like a culture that I didn't think that I right. wanted to participate in and in retrospect. I'm like, who cares? Like, at least it was, <laughs> I just don't understand what young people talk about now. And so it, this felt great. I understood all of the references. You kids don't understand what it was like when we had white <laughs> chicks. Um, I feel like, well, I feel like a lot of people that I talk to that are like a little bit younger than me that grew up maybe, I don't know, even like three to five years younger than me, yeah. like really did like white chicks. That was like a big comedy for them. That was probably like Dumb and Dumber or there's something about me or like something that was like a big kind of cultural comedy for them. Yeah, you're right. I talked a lot about watching this movie this week with my coworkers who are younger than me. Yeah, it seems like they had all seen it. I mean, <laughs> I it's like, also, I, I didn't realize it was PG-13. I, I think the version that I watched on HBO was like unrated or whatever. The makeup um, alone should make it oh. NC-17. Yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> fucked up. It's really... Also, when I turned it on, I was like, this movie is two hours? What the fuck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
how much can you stretch this out? Well, I guess if it takes you two hours to put on that makeup, you probably are like, well, the runtime needs to, we need to get some juice out of it. <laughs> they hired like some really like top notch makeup artists for this movie, which is funny because it's like, I know it's not technically supposed to look good, but like it looks horrifying. Like it's. Yeah, it was fucking... like a horror film when I first turned it, turn it, <laughs> it on. It's so <laughs> fucking disturbing. Like there are scenes in this movie that are like just genuinely like I think the first thing I thought was like wow this is genuinely really upsetting me right yes. now yeah there are stills from this movie that seem like they just could be playing at like the LACMA <laughs> yeah yeah the, it's, like it's one of back the in suburbs. the 2000s <laughs> yeah it's fucking yeah. crazy yeah I mean <laughs> No, I mean, I, I don't even think, I think that just for a long time, yeah, I was like, I don't want to watch white chicks. I have no desire to, like the older you get, there's not much of like a reason to want to watch it, I guess. That said, I will say out of the two movies that we are talking about this week, White Chicks was definitely one that afterwards I was like urging more people to see, even though they're both products of their time. I think that's the thing about like comedy too, especially in that era. I feel like for the most part, like a lot of stuff in the 2000s was so of its time that it's hard for it to like resonate a lot later on, except for being like a cultural artifact. Cause I feel like, especially like the Apatow stuff obviously was so big in the beginning on like whatever like zeitgeist humor there was mm-hmm. like making culture like pop culture jokes but i think even with like the wayne's brother stuff it's like scary movie is so indicative of like late 90s teen slasher movies and like you had to kind of be there to get i guess a lot of the comedy in it or maybe appreciate it i don't know it's maybe a strong word for it but like I, I feel like white chicks and jennifer's body are probably like those would probably be the top two movies i would show somebody if i had to be like this is what the 2000s looked like i thought you were gonna say what our podcast is what our this is what our podcast is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really in did. some ways, Jennifer's body is definitely a top contender, I would say. Like, that's probably yeah. like a top 10, like, critics are definitely wrong about this I movie. Agree. Like, yeah. white chicks, I'm like, I don't know what, I don't think anybody would expect this movie to get good reviews. I don't no, know. but it also does the- exist in this weird, like, uncanny valley that, like, I feel like, because like, I feel like is of the, only the 2000s, because now I think that we could do the makeup a little better or it would just be, be CG. There would be a different workaround. It wouldn't have been if what it was we landed CGI, on. It would have been so much more fucked. It, everything is fucked. <laughs> it needs to be what it is. But yeah, it I needs just, to be what it is. I mean, obviously, most of the jokes in both of these movies are not happening today. That said, I w- I was surprised how many things still made me laugh that are obviously inappropriate or things that I feel like today people would be very upset by maybe. Well, I'm not surprised that you laughed a lot because just being your friend, you do make a lot of scary movie references. <laughs> like you reference the movie scary movie. I'm like <laughs> kind of a Listen, lot. Scary movie. You love <laughs> I think that I've realized like the things that that <laughs> It formulated my, the things that formed my sense of humor as a, as a kid, I think were Billy Madison, yes. scary movie. Yes. And I realized, so uh, like, uh, this was like a while ago. I remember my brother and I, and my friend Pat were driving back. We were on, we took like a trip up North and we were driving back and we listened to part of the Slim Shady LP. And my brother was like, I'm pretty sure this shit like had like a really big effect on your guys' sense of humor. Like, I don't think you realized how big of an effect this did. Call this motherfucker. Oh, fuck yeah. Give him a piece of my mind. Piece of my ass. Thanks for waiting. How may I help you? Oh, thank you. I need to make a collect call. At the tone, please say your name. Kenneth Can. 
Neff from Connecticut. Automated piece of shit. <laughs> so I think that all those movies oh had a really big effect on me. And so my sense of humor is still, unfortunately, in some regards. Steeped in there. Really steeped, um, especially in the doofy character in Scary yes, Movie. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that is. Okay, well, because like what I think it is, is that like <laughs> until you're like 22 and maybe even younger, like you know how a baby's cranium is still soft? I feel like that's what senses of humor are until you're like in college or past or like past college and then it takes a long time like it it takes if i was to see a movie today and i called it like my favorite movie like i i just think it would be suspicious it's like your favorite things and the things that like really resonate or all those things yeah. that like happen when like your your heart is still soft like that right, and like yeah. mine is obviously buffy but i do think that scary there was like so many times that like so much of the pleasure that i got watching scary movie was like being like oh this is who max is <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> well, I, re- I think I, I think that I think that what it's what happens is like, and I, yeah, you know, I, I'd be curious to know what you two think too. Is like, I feel like what happens in life is like you have the things that really speak to you on like a guttural level when you're a kid, when you're younger, that like you don't think about if they're cool or not. They just kind of speak right. to you, and you find them funny or interesting or like cool. And then you get a little bit older, and you're like, oh, that's that fucking sucks. And like you kind of try to write it off as like, oh, I was just young and I didn't get it. And then I feel like you get to a point like maybe in your late 20s and early 30s even where you're like, you know what? Fuck that. I really appreciate that mm-hmm. stuff. And like, sure, it's fucking stupid and some of it doesn't hold up. But like, no, like I'm not above this. Like this shit had a huge effect on me or this is what I thought was funny at some point in my life. And so parts of it are still funny to me or like I definitely going through that period when you like film where you try to like things that are more highbrow or things that people think that you should like more. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I think scary movies he's kind of funny i don't need to hide from this any longer i think that anna ferris getting shot to the ceiling with cum <laughs> um, is probably informed my obsession with cum as an adult i'm like you know what my dad watches scary movie every year on halloween <laughs> that's so, so tight so the last time that i watched this movie prior to watching it for the podcast was with my dad and he laughs so loud whenever that happens that it makes me so long it is completely robbed any independent enjoyment i can have of that scene because I know that my dad thinks that's like one of the top 10 funniest gags cinema has ever produced for him. Listen, it's a good bit. You and my dad have some overlap. <laughs> I mean, I think that the way that I came back to Scary Movie in the last few years was that like definitely Nick and I would like just send each other YouTube videos of doofy clips and yeah. being like, it's kind of funny still. <laughs> like I hate to admit it, but I definitely laugh really hard. Should we, should we do plot for yeah i guess because people need to know who doofy is people need to know who doofy is yeah if you've seen scream you can probably take a guess who doofy is hello want to have a little fun who is this do you like scary movies you thought the terror was over if you believe the nightmare was finished ow ow you were right from the people who had nothing to do with Scream. Has it crossed your mind that your boyfriend was murdered and you're next? No way! They didn't make the rules. Oh my god, he's dead! They're just too stupid to follow them. We have to call the police! No way! I ain't going to jail! It's okay, I'm fine! We'll get rid of the body! Oh. Oh. 
I'm gonna tell y'all the rules to survive this situation. Rule number one. Don't answer the phone. I'm in the house. Do you know where I am? You're behind the couch. I can, um, see your feet. What? Oh, I don't talk to reporters. The press only wants to interview the most ignorant person they can find. Oh, jeez! First cops now, then? Scary movie. So it, it does feel sort of pointless to discuss the plot of Scary Movie as it really takes pride in how little of a plot it does have. But basically, the Waynes brothers saw the success of movies like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and the onslaught of copycat slashers that came in the aftermath of their success and decided they needed a Zucker Brothers level lampooning. Scary Movie basically mashes up the plots of those two movies following a group of friends led by Anna Ferris stepping into the Nev Campbell, Jennifer Love Hewitt final girl role who are being stalked and picked off by a mass killer one year after they ran over a fisherman and dumped his body in the ocean. Sprinkles around our riffs on late 90s zeitgeist movies like The Matrix, The Blair Witch Project, The Sixth Sense, Big Mama's House even gets a shout out and even a nod to Dawson's Creek. I don't know um, if I got the Big Mama House. You didn't get the yeah, Big Mama's re- House joke? It's very subtle. A subtle Big Mama's <laughs> House. <laughs> Sorry, it's not subtle. Uh, Big Mama's House came out two weeks before this movie so they 80 yarded probably when they saw big mama's house trailer so in the theater scene when regina hall is getting murdered by the entire theater and they're telling her what movies they ruined the pope stabs her and says big mama's house See, Carmen Electra gets run over by her dad while he gets roadhead from her mom. John Wayne's <laughs> is impaled by a dick in a bathroom stall. Jesus. Anna Ferris is shot to the ceiling, like we said, by a geyser of cum. Dave Sheridan <laughs> plays the David Arquette Deputy Dewey role as a literally mentally handicapped cop who fucks a vacuum cleaner and forgets to swallow. <laughs> Lachlan Monroe plays a pissed off jock with a baby dick. And that's kind of the gist of Scary Movie. I think that Lachlan Monroe actually also was somebody that I didn't realize how big of a, like, I I find that character so fucking funny because his entire character is just a pissed off white dude who's just breaking shit and constantly choking Anna Faris out. Yeah. And has a small dick. (laughs) Yeah. Most likely because they had no idea what was coming in the wake of this movie's overnight success. Critics were generally pretty kind and gave it a 52%. So it's pretty high for a movie that we get to talk about in general. And I think probably... Probably in the course of this seven week comedy series going to be one of the highest rated. I think it has to be. I think it has to be. And I will say these two movies are very different in the sense that like scary movie has flow. It achieves flow. Like you kind of forget that it's on. You're, you're, you're like in it, but the jokes I think are like substantially more upsetting. Whereas I don't think that white chicks can ever achieve flow because it is so terrifying to confront every time you're looking at it. But I actually think that you could do a deeper reading of white chicks where it's like almost woke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have a a really different relationship with both of them. If I was to watch another one again, it would probably be white chicks to sort of like pilfer all the good things from it. But scary movie, listen, it's going to be playing at my dad's house every Halloween. (laughs) I mean, scary Um, movie is more of like, it's a joke every five seconds like it's just like a joke machine and and white chicks is two hours so there's more dead space in it for sure had you seen scary movie before this yes okay does your dad show it every halloween (laughs) definitely not okay (laughs) um i mean i've seen scream so many times i feel like i watched scary movie right when it came out and then maybe not again until 
recently. Yeah, I, but, I've definitely seen it a lot. I mean, I also think that like so much of what makes Scary Movie great is like Anna Ferris's character, she's the least of like a parodied person. Like she gives still like a really sweet performance, even though she does have a scene where she gets blasted with cum. Like she's pretty grounding and the jokes, yeah, they, they like move so quickly. Yeah. You know, it's like Airplane. It's like any of those movies, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously it was kind of like the revival of that because, you know, you had Airplane and like Hot Shots. What's the other big one from the 80s i don't think uh, police I academy i was oh, a yeah. big naked gun naked gun i think up. yeah naked gun movies definitely were super funny when i was younger I and i actually think that naked gun has a, something to share with white chicks more because they're both like espionage right. films about like sneaky yeah. but yeah like they're naked, undercover espionage yeah films. naked gun it's like it has like more of a plot obviously and this is more just like spoofing whatever they can think of in the moment and like it becomes more and more like i think loose and just ridiculous as the franchise goes on i've never seen any other scary movie films same i recommend scary movie too there's more common this is also anna ferris's like first movie that's crazy she didn't Whoa. have an agent at the time she didn't even have a headshot she got brought in by a casting director they were looking for somebody and they couldn't they couldn't lock anybody down and then anna ferris came in and they really really liked her and they just cast her because they just loved her so much I feel like so many people break out in horror mm-hmm. oh, for or sure. something. That's like the first genre. Yeah. I mean, she's so fucking funny here. Like immediately, it's just like such a funny performance. And you can see like that she has a gift for physical comedy. I feel like pretty, pretty quickly. And she's super game for some mm-hmm. pretty crazy shit to do for your first movie. As expected, she was definitely a little apprehensive about the cum geyser scene. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should be you shot to say. a ceiling with cum for my first movie. But <laughs> and I guess Keenan Ivory Wayne's told her on set, he was like, listen, like if he's like anything that I'm doing, like when we test screen this movie, if an audience doesn't laugh like if it gets a laugh and like it plays well then we'll Mm -hmm. keep it and you're not going to look bad because it means that it's funny but like if people groan or like it doesn't work or there's like a deadness in the you know reaction like he's like i'll cut it it won't be there so like i'll only keep it in there if it plays well and people think it's funny but i would never just keep something like that if it just like didn't play like it would embarrass you it would be you know ridiculous but i think it was like because it's funny or at the time people thought it was very funny she also shaves her tongue what else is she doing? i like the scene where she just shaves her face in general in the bathtub <laughs> like i like that bathtub scene a lot like i think that that is a scene. like i like i like when she's alone like because yeah. i just like her so much that it's like fun to see her not be like just like the recipient of gigs but just sort of yeah be funny herself yeah for sure will this sure make me look gay no man about now my feeling of this movie is that like yeah there's a lot of things here that are like cancelable cancelable offenses now that i still find funny especially the character that we talked about earlier but the one thing that i just like don't think is funny at all or all the gay jokes and i think it's i mean it's an entire subplot <laughs> it's crazy how fixated the movie is on that and yeah. that character and i think that the reason why it like doesn't for me like play as well is that because like every other joke is in reference to like either a specific scene in a movie or a trope in a movie like that great scene when Karma Electra is like the Drew Barrymore character in Scream where the bad guy is stabbing her and he like pulls out an implant like I don't know that's funny because it is like piercing literally I guess like what happens in something else but like I don't think that there's like this like latent I I don't know like this weird homicide yeah 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 I think gay panic just was I just think that it's more about the gay panic than it is like lampooning anything that existed because like you could 
argue that like even though the Dewey or what's his name in this movie? Dummy? Uh, Doofy. 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 Sorry. Doofy. So sorry. So sorry. Even though the Doofy jokes like shouldn't be funny because they're like wrong. Like the reason why they are funny is because like it is in reference to something that like was never pointed out as being insidious. Like same with like the Shannon Elizabeth death scene. Like everything else does point to something that culture writ large was already doing and was like captivated yeah. by. But this that the gay jokes just feel as malicious as everything like think, as culture at large feels like it is so like yeah. those are like that subplot of the movie i found so distracting and not funny in any way yeah it didn't have to be there at all it was like from when i was in elementary school through like basically high school for me which was 2001 it's like when i got to college somehow it felt like things shifted and all of a sudden it was like oh no like this we can't be saying the things that we're saying we can't be talking the way that we talk and like things had to shift but it felt like before that it just wasn't yeah i think you're right like i think that like when we were in colleges when because you and i are close in age um was when you could you had to stop saying like that's gay as yeah. an insult mm -hmm. however i was at the gym and what and they were playing a music video that isn't that old it's like around 10 years old 11 years old they played the carly ray jepsen call me maybe music video and that music video along with being just like really terrible the the punchline of the whole like narrative is that the neighbor that she has a crush on is gay and he gives his number to her bandmate like that is the the narrative of the call me maybe beautiful song great song um is that like oh he's gay ha 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 so i think there was a transition to being like oh don't use that word as a slur but still that these characters are jokes right yeah until i don't know somewhat i don't think that call me maybe was like the bookend of that sentiment but i was like oh it's so weird to watch it just like yeah di disintegrate itself into culture but like it's still there and this was just like one of the more ugly explorations right. of that sentiment like i don't need to see him get a dick <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's at that by that point by that point it's so I was like, insane that you're just like yeah i mean i guess fuck it just impale him with a dick i mean is it that may, before or after regina hall has that's, to it's like, right before it's it's spoofing the scary movie 2 opening with omar epps and jada pinkett omar epps and scream 2 in the opening gets stabbed through the bathroom stall door with a knife and then right. in, in this sean waynes is stabbed with a dick i mean through his it. ear but he survives he survives it doesn't No, matter. i was gonna say is it before or after because there's like this other humiliating scene that i think like it's not a great scene and i wish it wasn't in the movie but however i think like regina where he makes hall, regina hall dress up in a football uniform yes like i think that she <laughs> gives such a good performance and like such a terrible scene that regina hall I, is fucking great man i walked away with so much respect for her as an actress after watching yeah. this movie to be like we really put you through the, through the fucking ringer for 20 years before we gave you any sort of like semblance of credit and then her scene here that is like that does rhyme with the scream to jada pinkett scene is still so it's still sad to me a little maybe because like the scene that it's referencing is so upsetting i don't know it is an upsetting scene and, and going back to the gay like subplot like it's basically sean waynes's character the whole thing is implied in every scene heavily that he is gay and then by the end he says i'm not gay yeah I why go, um, i just wanted to go shopping it's i, I mean wanted, it, it, yeah i wanted both movies to lean in more to the white woman in trouble because that to me mm -hmm. now is like the most yeah. the funniest thing 
Invoke yeah, I mean, them. when Anna Ferris calls like, the police and types in white woman in trouble and the cops are there immediately. That's like a yeah. super, that's like a relevant joke that's actually real yeah. and we can keep talking about because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely um, some like low key, like really funny things that seem like they were just like 80 yard or thrown in last minute in Scary Movie that are really funny. Definitely like, yeah, like Regina Hall in the theater when she, the whole thing is they're basically just doing like the cliche of a loud black woman in a movie theater. And, and like, this isn't really the Wayne's brother there's it should not be what they think about when they make a movie like this but like i just think that like oh it's like toxic ooze it's like don't put this movie in the hands of middle school boys (laughs) nothing's good is gonna happen from it i feel like also it could have been because at that time there was like if you were gonna make a movie like what i'm trying to say is black filmmakers now have like it's become widely supported for black filmmakers to Mm -hmm. make all types of movies asian filmmakers Asian characters. It's just like now you can make a movie that doesn't have to be a caricature of your culture for it to be a success. Right. I mean, but I would argue that maybe the pendulum kind of swung in the opposite direction, almost to an extreme where it's like, they're not asked to do that. But I feel like a lot of times studios very cynically are like, yeah, we want to employ directors of color, but like, we want you to tell your story, but they really zero in on like, but it, it like, we really want it to be a racially themed drama or comedy or something that really, I think it doesn't speak to like cliches, but almost like, I, I feel like they oftentimes are now asked to make movies for white liberal audiences, even I think, though- Are you talking about Candyman again? Is this- No, I'm just talking about, well, that too, but like, I think in general, it, it <laughs> yeah. seems like a lot of the time it's like, no, 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 we're finally going to give you an opportunity to tell a story, but it has to kind of still check all of these boxes. And so it's I feel like, like in the nineties, it was like, there were so many different genres of yeah. movies that were all black characters made by black filmmakers like waiting to exhale was like my favorite movie growing up Such right. a good soundtrack. and it's the best soundtrack i don't remember how if belly was like a good movie but like yeah. I mean, there like were a lot gorgeous, of those fucking movie yeah i feel like i only watched like movies with black characters in the 90s and then all of a sudden it turned into like they're all comedies that are more like caricature comedies yeah well i think it was like they and were now able we're in this to... like in between right yeah like they were telling i think to like for me, these more interesting and making more interesting movies in that period in the nineties and like soul food. Right. But now, even though like their voices are more amplified, whether for cynical reasons or not by studios, and even though their voices are more amplified, it feels like their stories are not as interesting anymore because they feels like they have to play into again, like they still have to kind of play into a certain type of story. And I'm not saying that like, there's not obviously filmmakers of color that are telling personal stories that they really, you know, enjoy or feel are necessary, but it would be, I, I like, I think it would be great to just be able to have directors of color be able to tell different stories that don't have to necessarily fixate on like race. That seems like mm-hmm. it's just like an opportunity for liberals to pat themselves on the back. Like, I, right. it, like it would be nice to, you know, see more genre driven movies like in the 90s, like, you know, like you were talking about like Belly or Deep Cover and a lot of different things like that, like Devil in a Blue Dress. Yeah, um, Devil. But I also think that like movies have changed, like the landscape of movie. It's like not just like black cinema or PS, POC cinema. Is it like, the landscape of cinema has changed so much anyway. Like, I also think that movies that are made by white people starring white people are also incredibly didactic right now. And, oh, for sure. and I just like, don't feel like genre movies like get made. Like, and this is almost like a genre movie on a five hour energy drink shot. Like, this is like a hyper satire and I don't dislike it. Like, I think, I think I kind of like scary movie and I wish 
that something could be this bombastic now. Like I really miss the days where something can just be loud as fuck. Like even music now, like, and listen, I like the girl, but like, even like Billie Eilish sounds like droney. And I really miss like the bombacity of like the jock jams era of shit. And I think that like scary movie is sort of like a check-in for like a now that's what I call music of like (laughs) some of my favorite years of just like, I'm not saying that like I was like a piece of shit, but just like, like these jokes are funny to me. They are largely like, inappropriate but there was like room for it and now I think that there's like not as much room for it what's funny now like what's the last thing I laughed out a lot and it's like part of it is that like what we laugh at is inappropriate and like but yeah it's like saying the things you think that people are convinced now that they don't think anymore but really everyone it's like yeah but then you get like the racism doesn't exist it's like no these things need to be talked about so that you can realize that we're all fucked up and we're all like we need to be conscious about how we interact with with one another because the default is like our upbringing our yeah and like the absurdist humor that i feel like is like sort of like the tim and eric wave is something that i do not because i'm just like not a donor like nor am I like I like narrative too much to like think that like that sort of like absurd like I melty absurdity is like funny and so I miss something like this that can just be like well we're gonna do this one note really 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 well like the the Shannon Elizabeth death scene is like maybe the most I laughed at this movie just because like I think it's just so stupid and so funny and it just like goes on for so long and is like largely like not malicious at all. It's just, it's yeah, just she like and, a slapstick no, she Elizabeth scene. Is, and she's is, so funny, is funny in this it. movie. Yeah. I think everyone's like pretty fucking funny in it. Like I think that, that Lachlan Monroe is really funny who also pops up in White Chicks. And I just love that the Waynes brothers kept casting Lachlan Monroe to play into the humor of that era like we were just talking about. A man who is constantly either questioning his sexuality or being told that he has a small dick and is enraged by it. <laughs> <laughs> like he pretty much just showed up for the Waynes brothers to do that every single time, which is really funny. I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, like there's parts of this movie that like don't like it's funny to see the things that do hold up and the things that don't. And obviously, like you said, like how the conversation has shifted and the things that we're more sensitive to and more aware of now that wouldn't fly. But like nothing in this movie, like feels super malicious like I think that there's sometimes things in like either a Fairly Brothers movie or mm-hmm. like a Todd Phillips movie that feel like really mostly Todd Phillips or it feels like it feels like they have a personal vendetta in a way against some marginalized person that they want to make fun well, of Todd Phillips seems like someone who like might have roofied someone and listen I like old sure. school, but like he, he almost seems like he has like in like the jock in like the bully bullied dynamic he feels like the bullier and I think what makes yeah. the Waynans Brothers movies like at worst just like harmless is that like they don't feel like bullies they you know like they they don't no. feel like the bully but they they don't they just are class clowns yeah they're playing into what was popular at the time and like yeah. the Fairley Brothers did a weird thing and we'll talk about them next week but like they did this thing where it was like almost like approaching like taboo subjects but like it was almost like they had like a sensitivity or like like a quote unquote like humanism to it. And sometimes it worked, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times I think it increasingly felt just kind of off. I don't know, like Shallow Howl is a movie that we could have talked about for the series, but like- But we're going to save it so we can do the Amy <laughs> Schumer movie that I kind of like. That's right. That's yeah. right. There's something about Mary has a character in it that's like the doofy character in this, but yep. but portrayed a little bit more, with a little bit more dimension, I guess, like slightly more dimension, uh, played by Debbie Earl Brown, who plays the cameraman in Scream. But yeah, here it's Dave Sheridan as doofy and like, 
yeah, like you said, like in, in Scream, that was the whole thing is like with David Arquette as Dewey, like David Arquette gives a really eccentric, interestingly, just kind of a weird performance. He's fidgety and mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. yeah. Very weird performance. There, He's kind of told that he's like an idiot all the time. And yeah, there are parts that he plays in that franchise where you're like, oh, there seems to be something like kind of off about this guy. And then for this movie, they were literally like, what if he's just fucking literally mentally handicapped and his name is Doofy and he's just constantly shitting his pants and fucking a vacuum cleaner? Why not? I mean, I that's what it feels shared. like. There were a lot of like, why not moments where they just yeah. went. Yeah, for it. why not? Um, <laughs> because you were asking like, what is funny now? The only thing I feel like I really laugh out loud at right now is Key and Peele. Do you guys watch Key and Peele? Yeah. That's the only thing that, because I feel like it straddles that line where it's mm-hmm. like pushes the limits like far out but then it doesn't it's never offensive it doesn't feel offensive it feels like they're just owning the i mean i feel like the waynes brothers were like an early like it's like the waynes brothers to dave Chappelle, the key and peel like pipeline yeah. you can probably draw mm-hmm. pretty well it's also know. like todd phillips and fucking one of the farleys like were nominated and one of them has an oscar like where's yeah, like can the waynes been... brothers try to can we can they take a stab at oscar glory next like i think the closest thing you'll get and i hope he gets another opportunity is marlon waynes because marlon waynes is a fucking incredible actor marlon um, is great. Marlon Wayne's yeah. the same year does Requiem for a Dream and to me, he should have been nominated mm-hmm. for. He's besides Ellen Burstyn, I think he's the best performance in the movie. It, mm-hmm. He's like a classically trained actor. He did. I would recommend listening to his um, his interview on Marin that he did a few months ago. Okay, is really great. He's super funny. He seems like a sweetheart, and like he's the youngest in the whole Wayne's Brothers family, which I can't even imagine being the youngest. Marlon, yeah. I don't know how much I like Sean. I'm not a big Sean Wayne's fan. Okay. I don't think he's very funny. He's not very good, but I think Marlon is great. Something else that I really like him in is like he's not in it for very long, but the movie The Heat with Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock that's what's his name follow up to Bachelor uh, to Bridesmaid Mm -hmm. I like The Heat a lot more than I like Bridesmaids I've never seen it I've heard it I think the jokes are just so funny but Marlon Wayans is in it as sort of like he's dangled out like he could be a romantic lead for Sandra Bullock but they don't go for it because it's not what the movie's about but he's really really good in it and it's like a similar to performance with on the rocks right. like i i like him i think he's fucking great it's fun to see him just like as a stony baloney here i mean he pops up and like occasionally like he'll pop up like he's in the lady killers the coen brothers remake oh he he's is funny in that and now i feel like he just does a lot of these like he still does some of the spoof movies still does Did little man kill little man was a big flop. i'm morbidly curious about little man though um it he's looks in- so bad the still from Little Man are, are, are so terrifying. They're fucked up looking, yeah. He did a bunch, he's, he was in the G.I. Joe movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like Marlon Wayans. And like, okay, so here's my other question, because like this is just sort of like a pop culture, what do you call it? Time capsule? Did this movie create the like, what's that? <laughs> like, did this no, movie do No, no, it was okay, just because okay. the Budweiser commercial literally so the Budweiser did it and then this yeah. movie did it. Because like, oh, oh the- also that is the fucking good gag for me too is when the scream mask gets high i was like i like this like i was like that's it's just like harmless and goofy and stupid like that's fun i love that they make her dad oh yeah it's such a funny such a funny (laughs) (laughs) her dad in it is just a crackhead like it's the classic scene from scream in the beginning where the dad comes in because he thinks he hears screaming when skeet Ulrich sneaks in he's like if the police come like just tell him i don't know you (laughs) yeah at the end when he's been when the cops come in (laughs) <laughs> there's again yeah, there's some yeah, he's like, funny they're, gags they're like it's here. a bloodbath in there and the head's like yeah and the fucking the bastard planted drugs all over the house <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Man, there's some like little funny jokes and also i like the joke when like the cop is like interviewing anna ferris's character <laughs> and he's like can i can i have you look at some things and it's just pictures <laughs> i want to show you some photos <laughs> yeah it's 
photos of him in a thong posing like in his front yard i mean she, they're she's both like, so no, fun yeah she's no. like no i don't think so and then he's like why don't you just take a look at this one again really quick and she's like no and he's like all right no. worth the shot okay yeah um <laughs> like little jokes like that are really really fun i think that like that's why this movie largely for the most part works is because there are like these big jokes that are like indirect reference to like these other movies but yeah. because like it's filled with like these tiny micro jokes it, the movie can really like just post. also love in the beginning I still think this is funny. I'm sorry. But when they get to school and Shannon Elizabeth is like talking about how she doesn't care about like she cares more about humans and animals. And she's like, I'd much more rather help my fellow man. And then a homeless man walks up and says, like, can you spare a dollar? And she says, you know, get away from me, you disgusting bum. And then Anna Ferris gives she's like, no, he's just hungry and gives the homeless man a sandwich. And then he throws the sandwich at her head and says, I said a dollar, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's legit happened to me though, where I would, someone was like, do you have a dollar? And I was like, no, but I have this food. I'm like, I don't want your fucking food. Is that a dollar bitch. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sherry O'Terry as the Courtney yeah, Cox okay. weather character, I think is really funny. Also, I love that her book Great that she casting. wrote is yeah. called You're Dead, I'm Rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that yeah, Sherry O'Terry is really fucking funny here. And then Dave Sheridan, who plays Doofy, is also very funny. Um, he's in Ghost World for a second and like one of the most memorable. Dave scenes. Sheridan is? Yeah, oh, he's yeah. like the nunchuck. That's right. That beast is him. eater. Fuck, and so I was right. like, who knew I'm a huge Dave Sheridan fan? Because he steals that scene in fucking Ghost he's great. World. Like he's, he's so good at it. He said so. that he ran into David Arquette a couple times after this movie, and he said that he thought that David Arquette hated him. <laughs> But the scene with them and Sherry O'Terry, the first scene when she's like, who do I have to fuck around here to get a lead? And then she sees Doofy for the first time. Hi, Gail Hailstorm. Field reporter, hard story? Special Officer Doofy. Oh, hi, Doofy. Doofy, listen, is there a problem on campus? No comment. Okay. No comment. Okay. You know, you look awfully young to be a police officer. No, I'm 25 and a half years old. Ooh. Yeah, that's just many. <gasps> so big. Yeah, he's big. <laughs> Well, you don't look a day over 12. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the big head and glazed over look in your eyes. Ooh, is that true? <laughs> yeah, I forgot to swallow. Don't worry, because I never forget. Yep. She's game. Like <laughs> she's so Sherry O'Terry is so fucking funny, man. Also love Lachlan Monroe's report card that just says dumbass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome in row beating the shit out of his locker when he gets a report card that says dumbass. And then also his reaction when he gets the photo of his micro penis in the shower room. And it's like the I know what you did last summer scene where Ryan Felipe comes out of the showers and there's like a Polaroid. What is it of like his car or something? Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, who did this? But it's Lachlan Monroe getting a Polaroid of his baby dick. And he just immediately is like, who the fuck did this? Oh, the um, urinal scene. That was one of my favorite. That was just like oh, a yeah. little gold nugget in the middle of it's like the urinal scene is a horse track, a horse racing. Yeah, game. right. That's just like a good visual gag. The flashback, the I know what you did last summer flashback when they run over mm. the fishermen. I really love Shannon Elizabeth's reaction when they're like trying to figure out what they hit and she holds up the the boot and she goes, oh, my God, we hit a boot. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. And then Logan Monroe goes, where's the foot? Where's the fucking foot? <laughs> <laughs> You never did tell me your name. Why do you want to know my name? Because I want to know who I'm looking at. What, what did you say? Nice breasts. Look, what do you want? I want to see what your insides look like. 
Well, then turn to page 54. Oh. 52%, man. The highest of the franchise. Hi. It takes a dip in the next one with a 14%. And then Scary Movie 3 kind of came back with a 35%. But Scary Movie 3 is not funny at all. Simon Rex is kind of funny in it, but it's 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 pretty bad. Mark Savlov of the Austin Chronicle gave this movie an F. He said, I'd rather have a testicular nail gun mishap than sit through this migraine-inducing train wreck of a film one more time. This guy would rather lose his nuts. That's crazy. Than watch this movie again. Charles Taylor Salon said, I walked out of Scary Movie feeling as if I'd been whacked around by a 2 by 4 for an hour and a half. Uh, USA Today said, maybe I'm just too old to appreciate the startling sight of a phallus jammed into someone's ear. You're never too old to laugh at a dick impaling a man. Come on. Michael Eckerson of The Village Voice said, a big, stupid bull with bodacious tits. But that's not to say it doesn't dish out some light, hearty hars. Okay. Uh, Paul Tatar of CNN said, these gags are hardly the height of inspiration, but it could be that people laugh at them because they're not as pathetic as a character having a penis jab through his head like an ice pick. TNT Ruckut said, offers on a drop-by-drop basis more semen than a Ron Jeremy flick. Oh my God. Which is how I knew I needed to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Roger Ebert gave this a three-star review. He liked this movie. Roger Ebert, I think, gave a really good review of it. He basically was like, how do you review a movie like this? I'm not right. sure. So the bottom line in reviewing a movie like this is, does it work? Is it funny? Yeah, it is. And that's really all you need to know. Who's your MVP for Scary Movie? This is hard, but Regina Hall. Regina Hall is pretty fucking great. I, I think that she's just like the butt of so many jokes here. And yeah, I love her expression. So Regina. Yeah, I mean, I think Anna Ferris is great, especially for a first performance. Like, mm-hmm. she's so fucking good. And, like, you do kind of need someone really game and, 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 true. Um, but who can, like, kind of also play the sort of straight man of the mm-hmm. spoof. And she has a good job. And I do think Lachlan Monroe is very funny. But yeah, I guess probably Regina Hall. I guess I would say Anna Ferris because I spent the most time, like, looking at what she was doing. Yeah, just yeah. her choices. And probably not the woman who plays the PE coach who is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't talk about that one. That was that was not a that's not a joke that plays today. And uh, yeah, final rating. It's a cult classic at my dad's house. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a mission just to manage to beat at my guy at my dad's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking dumb. So <laughs> that is that. I mean, I hate to say it, but that is like the movies that my dad likes the most. It's like he loves. He just googles <laughs> movies with cum and mentally. He loves this. Broken. He loves something about Mary. Like that is the that is the equation to make a hit. They don't make them house. like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I agree. There's not enough cum in movies anymore. So I'm I'm. Every time I'm on this podcast, there's a lot of cum. Every time we. Have have a podcast. Remember? I'm so sorry. Um, what did we talk about last time with Come? What's Cummy? Who's Cummy? Oh, cummy oh who's Cummy? That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, fuck. That's right. We had a whole conversation. Got, yeah, yeah, about yeah. That. I think I think hers was like, yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, I spent like the week after that trying to ask Aaron, like, okay, is this guy Cummy? You think he's Cummy? <laughs> <laughs> we also have like a new thing that we do called like, could you get fingered to this movie? I'm sure many people were fingered to both of these movies. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. are both. Like, I don't know if I want to though. I think it would be easier for me to get fingered to something like Shallow Hal than this. Yeah. I would yeah, I would you be like, you know what? I'm, I'm having a good time with this one. I want to watch it. Just <laughs> on what's happening on screen right now. From the director of Scary Movie. They're two FBI agents and masters of disguise. FBI, you're under arrest. And now... An heiress is to the Wilson fortune. They have one last chance... All you gotta do is pick them up and drop them off. ...to save their jobs. One more screw up and me and you are through. But the only way to protect these sisters... Let's do this. ...is to become them. Make them bigger. You sure this is gonna work? Just trust me. 
Yo, what's up, money? You got a problem? Nah, yo, hold my poodle. Hey, hey, hey. From Revolution Studios. Brittany and Tiffany Wilson. Sorry. They're new. There is something different about the two of you. Comes a story of two guys. You're wearing the wrong underwear. Who are giving undercover. Ultimate makeover. Sean Wayans. Don't hurt yourself, sweetheart. Don't worry. Marlon Wayans. I don't see why I gotta go with Buffy the White Girl Slayer. Because if you don't, you're gonna blow off cover. Whoopsie. I had a whoopsie. (laughs) We're gonna get along just fine. White Chicks. If teen slasher movies dominated much of the late 90s cinematic zeitgeist, much of the mid-2000s pop culture conversation revolved around rich white women like Paris Hilton. So after they were booted from the scary movie franchise, the Wayans brothers set their sights on taking the culture of tabloid heiresses to task. Marlon and Sean Waynes teamed up again, this time as fuck-up FBI agent brothers Marcus and Kevin Copeland. After the brothers blow their cover on a drug bust where they go undercover as racist characters of possibly Cuban drug lords, They're forced to take the not-so-glamorous job of escorting two socialites to the Hamptons where they'll be used as bait to lure a pair of kidnappers. But when the brothers accidentally crash the car while transporting the sisters to the Hamptons, the socialites are left with scratches on their faces, which means they look utterly repulsive and cannot possibly be seen in public. In order to save their asses, Marcus and Kevin decide to do what any FBI agents would do in their situation, bring an elite team of makeup artists to transform the brothers into white women that they've been hired to transport so they can infiltrate the Hamptons and pose as a socialite sisters. Yeah. From there, the brothers learn valuable life lessons about how difficult it is to be a woman as they are subjected to cat calls, wearing ill-fitting and uncomfortable clothing, being auctioned off at charity benefits, and almost roofied at a club by a violently horny NFL player with a fetish for white women, played by Terry Crews. And that's mostly white kind of this movie is way lower this movie has a 15 percent. i will say i was dreading this because it just feels like I, I don't know it just feels like one of those movies kind of like Gigli that we've talked about that's like infamous for being t- terrible and yeah. really quickly it kind of turned that ship around and was like i'm i'm here for white chicks I'm, i tuned in heavily yeah. was really excited throughout the entire movie really liked my experience i do have a, my first note is this is costume edging like it feels like it's like so weird <laughs> there's nothing that can prepare you for the prosthetics of white chicks but the plot itself surprisingly relevant yeah it would be interesting to see what this movie looks like today today Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely be very curious to know what a version of this would look like today. Because it is a movie that it's like the only movie that I can think of, period, that is almost about how quickly like white women can weaponize their tears. <laughs> and I kind of like loved it for that. And then it's like when it's sweet, I also do feel like it's sweet. Like, I don't know. I was like, I was shockingly drawn in to white chicks. Mariko, did this live up to all of your all of your hopes and dreams of what it would be. All these I feel like I'm still, I'm still processing and I have to watch it again because there's so much in there. My first note was like when the their little dog, their little chihuahua, chihuahua. gets, um, it, he like falls out the side of the car and the green screen is so terrible. And the dog, it just looks so absurd. Like the absurdity of this movie, I think is what I loved most about it. And like that, aside from all the jokes, it was just or like the, the moment when she's eating, she's on the date with Latrell. Mm-hmm. 
and she's just yes. like gorging herself on everything on the menu. Just little, the absurdity of it, I think, for me. Like once they get white chicked, like that opening scene is a little painful. Uh, yeah, yeah. When they, I know, just like, blocked that part like, out. Uh oh. Yeah, with, the first scene yeah. was like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> the scene with them undercover is like racially ambiguous characters. Yeah, but then maybe yeah. the scene does do a good job at calling them out because it turns out that the people that they frame that they assume are the drug lords are actually really just delivering ice cream. So they just assume that like any Latina that walks into this business is criminal I don't know it if was given brothers thought about that but no i mean that's a yeah, that's probably, a, that's a kind not. kind thing to give them probably i mean there's yeah and then uh, once they decide to become white chicks i mean actually once like the white women once white women enter the the movie i think that the movie yeah. actually like kind of has something to say that's pretty clear while still <laughs> also being funny like when like they call it a bf which stands for a bitch fit like when the women are like i'm going to lose my mind and how <laughs> how much power that gives them right. over like the people of color in their periphery is like actually like enormously like pertinent and also as someone that does feel like I work in the service industry. So like, I feel like I'm at the whim of like something like Yelp and the Google review. Like, I feel like it is basically like the same threat. Yeah. I am a white woman in America. Yeah. It actually like jostled me awake from that first scene. And I, and I like really watched it intently. And like, even though it is sort of just a slapstick comedy, I enjoy the subtext so much that I'm here and I'm saying I'm rooting for white chicks too. They, they tried to make white chicks too a few times. Yeah. Yeah, They really, they really pushed that one, but it it never came to fruition. Yeah. Also, okay. (laughs) I'm just saying, cause like, because again, we've talked about it. Everyone's talked about it. Like the prosthetics here are not great. The makeup is not great because you really can't make, I don't think like those two people look like these other two people. People. What all, I did no. not know walking into this movie, I just thought they had to be white women. I didn't know that they had to specifically <laughs> try to make their faces into these two specific white women. I did not know that. And I... <laughs> Just think that that is really funny. And also like kudos to those actresses that are fine with being like, this is what we think you look like. Because like also the premise of the movie is that like no one notices. No, no one notices (laughs) that this is very clearly not... These women, um, yeah, there's like a so whole much fashion show at the end where they're confused by who's who. And yeah. Like, okay. Um, we just kind of accept this. <laughs> the best part is that everyone's like, oh, wait, they're funny now. Like they used to yes. not be funny. Now yeah. they have these funny. jokes. They have funny. like yo mama joke pretty much. Yeah. And they like actually are nice to their friends, which yeah. the other women yeah. were not. And the friends are they played stand up by, for their friends. yeah, Busy Phillips, Jennifer Carpenter, Carpenter and uh, Jessica Caulfield. Um, Who we just talked about and Valentine. Yeah, and Valentine. I think that the three, I think another strength of this movie is that like the little female friend group that you just named, they're all really good. They are really um, good. Jennifer and Carpenter I give, is really fun. I was going to say, I want to give a surprising shout out to Jennifer Carpenter that scene, the dressing room scene that largely to me, like, isn't that funny watching like men try on women's clothing that's too small for them. Isn't right. that funny to me? But yeah. what is like funny, but also just like mm, sad and sweet is like the Jennifer Carpenter part where she, she like is convinced because she has like maybe not disordered eating, but definitely body dysmorphia. She thinks she's fat in a way that you can tell is like really sad sincere to her character and I was like I was like oh I really like her I'm kind of like moved by this scene like her just like losing her shit in front of listen once they're in makeup it's really hard for me to keep track who's who (laughs) 
So it's a little difficult until you, until Terry Crews is introduced and you know that he's trying mm-hmm. to fuck Marlon Wayans. Mm-hmm. That's when you can mm-hmm. really differentiate them. The, the, the stuff about this that I don't think is funny is what made me not want to see it when it came out, when I was what, fucking 16 years old. Like just like that, like we've talked about before, like just how that early part of the 2000s, like the funniest thing you could do was just have white people say like for shizzle. And that was like oh. comedy. Like for some reason that just made everybody fucking lose their shit. Um, <laughs> and I just was amazed by it like that and bringing down the house. Uh, we talked about head of state, the Chris Rock movie last year, you know, which I think all those movies, they kind of play into that. And it's just like, there's just something about like, yeah, like white, old white people dancing to rap music that like, apparently everyone was like, this is the fucking best thing that's ever been put on film. We need more of this. I don't um, think it's funny when it's like old white people, but when the jokes are about like Jamie King's like cohort wanting to feel relevant, I do think those jokes are funny. Yeah, like the, no, no, no. The, the Yo Mama off that you referenced earlier is funny to me. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't know. There's not come. I'm just not laughing, unfortunately. <laughs> Brittany Daniel, who I think was the lead of Sweet Valley High too is like she's the love interest in Joe Dirt that's how I know her oh (laughs) yeah I think that she's the lead of Sweet Valley High like she's also like the the group of villain girls are like the group of mean girls are also really good I just feel like all these women all these white women are kind of like down to be the butt of a joke and super refreshing especially with someone like Jamie King who's just like a model like I was like oh she's actually like pretty fun and good here my favorite plot though has nothing to do with like the white chick angle like my favorite subplot is marlon's wife yeah how she just is like up like she's just like convinced that he's cheating on her and she's like i don't know i don't know the actress's name she's great in it but like she's introduced because like he's like on his way to drive home and she's like you've been out all night and, and he's like it's eight and then she's like <laughs> well i like I, t- I looked at matt class and it takes eight minutes for you to drive home and it's taking you 15 minutes and I was like this is funny because that's actually who I am kind of a little bit like if someone's like I'm off at five I don't think they're fucking someone else but I'm always just like you're late and you're standing me up like if you're like one second late (laughs) and I just felt so emotionally attached to that character and then I do think that like the lesson that his that Marcus learns throughout the movie is like you know literally putting himself in his wife's shoes is even though it's like predictable i was like it's sweet enough and i like her performance enough and how like how high key she is enough that i was like i don't know i really like that's like one of my favorite little like jewels of the movie is it's marcus's wife it's so funny i mean she's such a great physical actress and she's just like so fucking incredible in that scene that i was like really she's really blown away. Cause, funny. yeah because in dexter she was someone who really or she became really i know I, she was really I started watching dexter after i saw white chicks i just started watching dexter she's incredibly annoying they write she's her really character annoying. as super stupid. annoying i think she I'm was like, kind of yeah like what yeah. skylar on breaking bad was except like genuinely she was unlikable unlike skylar who was just upset that her husband was a meth dealer yeah mm-hmm. Rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that I was like going to yeah connect with this. The other thing that I think is really funny, Max, that maybe you won't. Maybe this plays into your like white people be silly. It's like I thought that the joke where they're where they're all in the convertible and they're listening to like Vanessa I think Carlton. Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then they switch it to rap music, and one of them says the N word. Like I was like, it, no, it's I think just it's so peculiar. Where they're just like, well, no one's watching, and it's yeah. just so because like I don't know what side I'm on in that joke. I am just like, I don't know. I I'm just so um, disoriented by that joke. Hey, yeah. 
<laughs> the N word? Uh, so? Nobody's around. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty on point. And like, and like, again, it's like almost like a LACMA installation of a visual. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm watching like Busy Phillips, Jennifer Carpenter. And oh God, I forgot that other nice lady's name. Just like, coffee, yeah. yeah, just all do this right now. I was like, oh my God, it's so fucking weird. But it's like, well, they like, the no, I think that, but that's so real. That's such yeah. a real yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I there's a couple of that moment. No, there's definitely jokes like that, that I feel like regardless of like time and place, like they're always going to be relevant, unfortunately. Okay. And like, I think it's Especially like the first time that the heiresses that they Tiffany, the real Tiffany and what is the other one? Brittany, maybe. Probably yeah, it's Brittany, Brittany Tiffany, and Tiffany Wilson that they have to impersonate or whatever. Like when they first go to greet them when they're getting off the plane, they're obviously Marlon and Sean Wayne's as FBI agents. And the first thing that they say to Marlon and Sean Wayne's is they think that they don't know who they are. So they just say they try to back them away and they say, We already donated to the United Negro Foundation. But there's also like a weird thing with like Marlon and Sean Wayne's and then with the other two FBI agents, one of whom is Lachlan Monroe, and then the other one who is Latina, who I, I cannot remember the actor's name, where there's almost like a bad boys to I was just between them where they just exchange Mm. black and like Latino just racist jokes with each other yeah and when they're in costume as the two white women one of them Marlon or Sean Wayne's hands the dog to the Latino FBI agents and says and says and can you teach him to say yo quiero taco bell and you're just like this is crazy yeah (laughs) what a fucking crazy time because it's a black man (laughs) dressed as a white woman making a racist joke to a Latinx character when the Wayans are dressed up as white women too to like the like the chief character they tell him that he looks like Denzel these jokes like unlike the jokes in scary movie that even the ones that I was like laughing at those the jokes in scary movie don't feel personal whereas like what's great about white chicks is like they feel like lived in little micro experiences where you're like oh they're actually lampooning things that have like happened to them that they have witnessed and I think that's why like I ended up really really fucking liking the movie yeah for like little things like that it's just like all black people get told that they look like Denzel like I don't know for you Marika, but like I was definitely told that I look like Lucy Liu at some point in my life and I just don't. They give her the compliment. I look way more like Phoebe Cates than Lucy Liu. And I just like I just think that like little like little things like that are what make this like almost a personal pet project, even though I understand that it was like a big Hollywood movie. Whereas like scary movie just feels like a satire. This feels right. I don't know, this feels like intimate in its own way. Yeah. Santa must have come early this year. Because you were first on my Christmas list. Woo, there it is right there. I want to know, are you naughty or nice? Sorry, I'm not interested. I'll take that as naughty. <laughs> naughty. You know what they say, once you go black, you're going to need a wheelchair. <laughs> to me, I think Terry Crews is, is far and away the funniest thing in this movie. I don't think there's anybody that even comes close to approaching what he does in this movie. I think he gives an incredibly funny and game yeah. performance. His character is in a much darker movie that I don't know if the movie realizes how dark his character is. And also, again, like I'm sure somebody who is not white could pick apart probably the layers of darkness in that character. There's and that so he much. is a black NFL player. Well, he doesn't want to fuck a black woman. He's only interested 
interested in white women. When he goes onto the beach wearing a Speedo, he tells his uh, assistant, let's go hunting, looking for white women. Is going to roofie. I was going to say, yeah, the roofie seems pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. Super dark. Yeah. I mean, like it's an incredibly dark character. He tells Marlon Wayne's character when, when he's, you know, as one of the Wilson sisters, he says, once you go black, you're going to need a wheelchair. Cut to a girl in a wheelchair, wheeling herself up to talk to him and then him pushing her out of the way. Yeah, that wheelchair moment keeps coming back. Oh, it yeah. does. Yeah, it comes back later on after he uh, it accidentally, they kind of make up for the roofing joke by having Marlon Wayans switch the drinks because he knows right. what the fuck is coming, which also implies something very dark. It does. It does, it does imply something very dark. Uh, there's a lot of like dark implications in this movie that I just don't think that the movie's like aware or interested in, which is like, whatever. But yeah, they're there. So Cherry Cruz drinks the roofie drink, causing him to dance uh, with a whistle in the middle of the dance floor. And then shirtless, he, shirtless. Yeah, he's shirtless, <laughs> sweating. Like, Let's... And then he ends up having sex with the guy who provides him with the roofies. And the next time you see that guy, he is in a wheelchair and his friends asked what happened. And he said, I fell. It's pretty dark. It's a dark movie. but uh... And like a lighter side <laughs> is Terry Crews singing 1000 Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Like should be stupid because it's almost the inverse of the joke that you hate. It's the inverse for, sh- for shizzle. It is, joke. but he somehow it's makes reverse it for shizzle. <laughs> it um, is. But he's really good at it. And it is. Yeah. So because because it starts out with Marlon's character, Marcus is Marcus turning the channel from like, I think a, like a hip hop song to Vanessa Carlton and Terry Crews is like, and you think he's going to like rebuff the song. He's like, how'd you know this is my favorite song? It's yeah, he so gets really sweet. Emotive. Like and everything that so Marlon does. Yeah. It's like the whole thing is that Marlon Wayans keeps trying to do things he keep, to make sure to like, yeah, make him gross. Want to fucking fuck violently him. fuck him. And he's just keeps liking it. He's not repulsed by any of the shit at dinner or no, and it gets very farty. It's disgusting. They both and start farting. That's um, a commentary on how like white women can kind of do whatever they yeah. want to do. No, and for society sure. Still. Um, and he's it. still he's he's even more attracted to her, even in the end, when it's revealed when Marlon Wayans oh, yeah, reveals himself to Terry Crews and says, like, you know, I'm a black man. He's not upset that he's a man. He's upset that he's black. Yeah. And he has the line, somebody get this jigaboo out of here. Yeah, his character is. <laughs> that's I just my kept writing down, like, this bring, character is so dark. <laughs> if they do White Chick 2, do, does, like, Latrell come back? Or he does, has like, to, Latre- I, think, I think. He, he has does. to, but Latrell also feels like one of the most dated things. Yeah, I mean, like, look, Terry Crews is, like, I don't know, whatever his personal shit that, like, he got in trouble for a couple of years ago aside. Like, I think Terry Crews is a really fucking funny actor. He's really physically funny. He said some shit. It was like light, right? It wasn't like a full cancel. It was like yeah, he just kept kind of shooting himself in the foot. I think one of those things. But like, like like he's he's a really fucking funny actor, and like this was one of his first big parts. I forget what he did before this, but he wasn't in a lot. I think he was in one of the Friday movies, but he wasn't. Yeah, because by the time he lands on Brooklyn Nine Nine, I definitely was like, oh yeah, that guy. But I didn't know his name. But he was definitely like in the pop culture ether enough for me to be like, oh yeah, I like that guy. He seemed fun. But but like I. I had not seen white chicks like i think this was the movie that really like blew him because i think a lot of people whatever you oh, thought of in, the movie they were like oh he's great in idiocracy yeah, yeah. he plays the uh president camacho who's like a wrestler yeah. turned president he's basically trump before trump I, I think that most people regardless of how they felt about this movie were like oh this guy's really funny we should put him in mm-hmm. more stuff he has that amazing portrait of him on his wall i just found the tweet that was controversial oh no okay what is it if you are a child of god you are my brother and sister i have family of every race creed and ideology we must ensure hashtag black lives matter doesn't morph into hashtag black lives better 
yeah. and that was yeah. June 30th, yeah, 2020. Not, so, oh, yikes. Yeah, that's, that's like, not great. I don't agree with that. Yeah, he just, he, I think I mean, the it's kind of like an all lives, all lives mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, he, he kept doubling down on it. But he was great in this movie. He's very fucking funny. I think he's my MVP, honestly. I think he's 100% yeah. the MVP of this movie. Because it's really hard. I mean, I don't think it would have ever been Sean Wayne's, but with Marlon, <laughs> I think it's really, it is really hard to act under like the severe weight of those prosthetics. The It's just fucking wild. Yeah, um, he's not bad yeah. when he's the white when he's a white woman like i think he's pretty funny and those like are you, you know he, he does his thing there but when he's trying to woo that girl i think he's like in terry cruz's house and be like that's my trainer about like was, he's pretty oh. funny in that scene actually he does yeah. you know, it's probably the best he can be is in that scene but. the entire subplot with that woman i don't care about I mean, no you don't maybe because like yeah. i like what i do care about is marlon wayne's wife because she comes to the hotel and then there's just like right. she thinks that sean is the person that Marlon has been cheating and there's like all this evidence of like women's clothing and underwear and makeup because like that's their undercover yeah. like that. Also I do like the fact that this movie we're supposed to believe that not only does like do do they get like transformed into these white men, women is that like these men can't like learn how to do like this level of makeup. Yeah. Right. Yeah in the hotel room they just put it on. <laughs> yeah it's like no 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 no. This yeah, is like no a way. This is a, I mean, at some way. point too, like when they're getting transformed, someone does have, and it's just a great visual, just like a briefcase of fake tits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Yeah, so Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire looks more convincing because like, yeah, because Robin Williams only had to look like, it, just like an, just an old lady of his race. Just the layers of like prosthetics and makeup. It, they do kind of look like when someone gets too much fillers though, because like you can't build in, you can only build out. And so I was like, oh, they kind of look like, <laughs> they kind of look like they could be on like, like a bargain basement, the real housewives of type show. It was the eyes for me though. It was just yeah. like chainsaw. Yeah. The hands. And the hands. Oh yeah, the yeah. hands. I, the there was definitely times hands. where I was like, "Those are definitely like a black man's hands." Like, how does nobody notice this? Well, they're also. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess it doesn't matter. John <laughs> is very tall. Listen, it does like fucking suspension of, of you know. Yeah. Well, they have like, a line where they're like, "We went somewhere and got stretched out." They like added vertebrae. Oh, I think I oh, missed right, that right, part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. They're like, you can do that. Um, and like, I don't want to congratulate the film for doing something that like could be, I guess, insidious. Whereas like Busy Phillips is, is, is like this dude, the shitty dude side chick. And he obviously like likes her, but doesn't like her enough to like dump someone else. And she right. like learns over the course of the movie. Like, even though I was like sentimental and like drawn in at the moments where like these men are having to like learn what it's like to be a woman, something that I guess you could side eye is like, is that like, it is a little bit of a movie where like the plight of these white, like of these black men service like the emotional interiority of these white women. Right. Because I liked it, but like, but like also fuck me because I liked those, but like I liked the Jennifer Carpenter body dysmorphia scene. And I do like Busy Phillips figuring out this, this guy isn't shit. And then them like getting right. bummed. Cause like that last scene where they're like, oh shit, you're not those girls. Like, does this mean we can't go shopping anymore? And like the movie ends on just like the sweetest note where it's like, let's go shopping. <laughs> it starts in like the masculine genre of like the, the undercover, comedy and then it like moves into being 
more like a legally blonde type rom-com where yeah. the men are disregarded and i think that that is something else that's like cute and fun about the movie i'll donate a couple bucks as a gofundme for white chicks too i think that you could open white chicks too with like real footage of real karen's breaking down yeah like, like, yes, like yes, a yes. compilation of it and then it could like whirlwind you into meeting meeting back up with the, these two i mean they definitely kind of fit predict yeah the uh, yeah they predict the karen i think that would be so fun even one of the girls and i think that like their friend's name are like karen tory and something else like Mm -hmm. it understands yeah and yeah i think that that would be really really fun are you kidding hi i'm cellulite sally look at my huge badonkey oh and don't forget about me i'm back fat baby now who could have said that oh yeah it's tina the talking tummy i can't even wear Yeah, this movie has a 15%. Um, so low. I know. It has a 55% audience score. I, yeah, which I was surprised by because I believe people really love this movie. Like, I feel like uh, it has yeah. a fan base. Well, Robert Wolanski of the Dallas Observer said, instead of satire, we're treated to diarrhea jokes, dogs dangled from the windows of speeding SUVs, and tasteless sobriquets bestowed upon anyone who looks vaguely ethnic. Deson Thompson of Washington Post said, laugh. <laughs> I thought I'd never start. Aaron Hillis of Premier said, despite the attempts of the Academy Award winning makeup artist behind Mrs. Doubtfire, that's right. Oh. These okay. doubtful misfires, thank you, oh, come on. can't pass <laughs> as white or as chicks. Elizabeth Weitzman of the New York Daily News said, we're bombarded by witless racial cliches, stale sexism and homophobia and enthusiastic celebrations of extreme flatulence. Kevin Carr filmed it. It said, bottom line, the white chicks scare me. Seriously, they're freaky looking. They are the stuff of nightmares. Roger Ebert did not like this one though. He said, here's a film so dreary and conventional that it took an act of the will to keep me in the theater. I wouldn't call it conventional. I mean, it's conventional in what it was like. I I think a lot of the jokes were conventional at the time, I guess, you know, but it's- it was so weird. It's so- It's it's very weird. I feel like like even when the trailer came out, I feel like people were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. (laughs) It becomes a horror movie if it's not conventional. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Again, it becomes literally two black black men are holding two white women hostage in a hotel room and infiltrate their lives by, by impersonating them in just horrifying makeup. I mean, I think we all agreed who the MVP was pretty early on in this movie. Yeah, Mr. Cruz. Terry Cruz. A special shout out like, to, to the girls, though. Jennifer Carpenter and, thank you. and Busy Phillips and Jessica Caulfield. But Jennifer Car- Carpenter, like, for yeah, that she's one great. scene, I just, like, yeah, special shout scene. out to Jennifer Really good Carpenter. in that scene. Final rating? I'm going to say cult classic. Me too. I, I mean, it movie. is a train wreck when it comes to, like, some of the visuals, but I do think this is a future cult yeah. classic. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's good, but I don't think it's, like, horrible. I don't think it's I bad. think it's worth watching. I think people yeah. should watch it. Yeah, it's like a cultural haven't. artifact. Yeah. You should definitely. Yeah. Like I said, I <laughs> so like cool I feel class. like this and Jennifer's body represent, like, the opposite spectrums <laughs> of the decade, yeah. where they're like, this is where it started and this is where it ended, and this yeah. is kind of, like, this is what music was like. Yeah, so I cannot you can wait show to your show. Children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I can't wait to show my nephew's white chick someday to be like we thought this was fine yeah this is 
Anyway. Anyway, come on, come on, come on, come on. If you, the audience, is curious about revisiting things that made you laugh when you were a teenager. I mean, God, yeah. You can, when we were teenagers. Or as a grown adult like me last night. <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe some of our listeners are like 10 years younger than us. So like when we were teenagers and you were watching Harry Potter, you can stream Scary <laughs> Movie on Pluto TV, TV with ads and you can watch White Chicks on HBO Max. While you were watching Harry Potter, I was laughing at Anna Ferris getting sprayed with cum. We are not the same. Um, <laughs> oh my God. This is my that, that's like that's like your hidden hinge profile yeah <laughs> and you specifically I, said it to like like troll for girls like right. 23 we yeah. are not the same um <laughs> this is what pre-9-11 but yeah next week we'll be back with two movies starring two of the biggest names in comedy and shockingly both of their first appearances on this podcast we have never no I'm, I'm shocked I don't think I don't think that no, either you're one right you're right you're yeah. right We'll be discussing Jim Carrey in the Fairley Brothers follow-up to There's Something About Mary, Me, Myself, and Irene, which they've moved on from poking fun at mentally challenged people to saying, let's just do schizophrenia, as well as the Adam Sandler satanic comedy another movie that definitely had a major impact on my sense of humor as a kid yeah. little nikki will also be joined by returning guests our own little nikki little nikki lask <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but for now we need to thank mariko for coming back joining thank us thank you so much thank you mariko are you in a band now <laughs> i love that i'm doing a pilot where i play a girl oh, band yeah. member oh, okay well i cannot wait to watch that because like your guys's look is so dialed in it's so and great. i was yeah. like i was like what the fuck I, I was like, who the fuck is she? I thought you were. So I think that I fully bought into like your character or whatever. Cause I was like, dude, Mariko's like this other person that we've met. <laughs> I Mariko's love that. And oh, that's and perfect. The working. Cats. Yeah, <laughs> you guys look great. Um, when's that going to be a great. thing? When can I don't that know. That I we'll can see. I'll, I'll send it to you as soon as it's out. But it yeah, looks do you great. play yeah. bass? Do you, are you like are you no, a musician? I so in a recent picture that I posted, or I haven't posted it yet, but I'm playing the violin. So I do have mm-hmm. a violin, but I play like elementary school level violin. Okay. So they were playing the songs, and I was having to be like, you know, really strumming it out, and everyone right. on set had to hear that. That's fucking really. rad. Well, where can people find you on? the world wide web emo science at emo science that's my personal account i have a stupid actor account that i just put up for headshots basically yeah that's not um, stupid you gotta which play is the my game. name i know right i'm trying it's mari well, koji bush i think i have like for, 100 followers right, um yeah and i have i make jewelry our website is emblemfinejewelry.com it's e-m-b-l-m it's our initials um it's really partner in mine yeah. Thank you. For anyone who needs to get like engaged or boot up during pandemic, like seriously, yeah. We're doing a lot of custom engagement right now, actually. I I'm uh, not surprised. Hard. We're doing a lot of weddings at my restaurant, but it's like par down weddings because like of pandemic. So it's like spend that money on jewelry, guys. Like Yeah, please follow Marika. She's very talented and kind of just follow my band. You're follow so cool. I control. thought that you were in like a real band and it was amazing. <laughs> I thought you just led this like jet steady lifestyle for like two weeks. I was like stoked to know you but then also like actually jealous <laughs> i know you're, you're a musician and actress you saw jewelry it's like you Instagram this, is you. working you yeah no it fucking works yeah. voice yeah you do it all oh guys please thank keep you. me in the know about that project i it li- looks like entirely up my lane so yeah thank you to our listeners we hope you're all getting finger blasted and and coming to the ceiling this week hopefully nobody's getting impaled by any penises this week yeah. but uh no thank you for I want drama, wanna make a scary movie. Rappers coming in with their team and carry toolies. You can jump right out of the screen and barely move me. We hard hitting.
Hey, it's not my finger. Oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> my ass.